Amen. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Now, the uh, advertisement or the video that you just saw, that's going to be the new series that's starting next Sunday. We will not have Thursday night worship uh, this week due to Thanksgiving, but we will be starting next Sunday with our Advent series, and we are excited about that, and, um, and it's called Rediscover Christmas. And I tell you, after two years of kind of this pandemic and, and just kind of everything up in the air and and, and all, it, we, we feel like it is time to just rediscover the, the peace and the hope and the joy and the love that comes with the, with the birth of Christ. And so that's what we're going to hope to do. Uh, we're also going to have some uh, with us, we're going to have some uh, devotionals that will be available for you to read through and some small group material. And so we are, are looking forward to having all that and, uh, for any groups that would like to meet or if you want to know more about meeting in a group. Uh, email Pastor Kim, and we'll, we'll help get that together. Uh, Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. We are finishing up our side effects, service, uh, side effects uh, series today, though. So um, finishing up this, uh, the last sermon of this, and we decided we'd, we'd give you a break from having to watch the video of me and Chris and the little doctor's visit again. So you might be glad of that. But anyway, Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. Let us hear God's word. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she, out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And Lord, especially for your spirit that has moved in this place this morning. And we pray right now, God, that you will move in our hearts and our lives as we hear your word so that we will be challenged, so that we will be changed, and that we never will get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm going to encourage you as I preach this morning. Is there one of those commitment cards in there? I hope so. Yeah, there. Uh, to find in your bulletin a little commitment card right here. And you notice there's no amounts on here, but just be praying over this as you... As, as, I, as I speak this morning about how God may want you to commit uh, this coming year in your giving. And so we'll talk some more about that in, in all in a few minutes. But um, we are in our side effects series. We've been looking at what are the certain side effects of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, we know that um, there, if you take a medication or a treatment, sometimes there are bad side effects that will go along with that. There's no doubt about that. But we also uh, know that being a disciple of Jesus, and the main reason we're a disciple of Jesus is to take part in God's salvation plan and to, find, uh, to, to be able to live in His grace 
in love and abundance while here on earth, and then also to be able to live with Him in heaven for all eternity. And that's a good plan. I don't know about you, that sounds like a good plan. Amen? He made it possible by His death on the cross and His resurrection from the dead on the third day, and we can be in that kingdom. We can be a part of that plan. And so, but there are side effects that go along with living as a disciple. And that's what we, you heard from the ones that were making their commitment this morning. They were making a commitment uh, uh, to to live out and support the church, to support God's kingdom with their prayers, their presence, their witness. We talk about witness, and we've, we've talked about each of these in this series Prayers and praying present, being present here, also being present to the world, being the presence of Christ to the world. And then also we, we talk about witness and how God, we're looking for God to, to bring us to divine uh, intersections where, or divine appointments where we can witness to others and that we'll have our eyes open to that. And then we talked about last week serving, and we had our servant uh, serving commitment sheets. And if, if you uh, passed, if you turned one in last week, or if you're still working on yours, that's fine. You don't have to be a member to turn in a commitment sheet or to serve here. And so, just want to make sure you know that. And and you can find those uh, over in the Connection Cafe. That's the middle building where the Welcome Center is, and there's goodies over there too. So after the service, hey, visit there. But anyway, um, and it. To hold you over to lunch. Amen. But anyway, the, uh, but there's serving. And then today we are finishing up the series because we believe that a certain, that, that a definite um, side effect of being a disciple of Jesus Christ is to be a selfless giver or living a life of selfless, not selfish, but selfless generosity. We believe that that goes along with being a follower of Jesus. Because if a follower of Jesus is supposed to be Christ-like, that's what the word Christian means, Christ-like, we see that Jesus gave his whole self for us. He gave his whole self up for us on the cross and so that we should be living a life of selfless generosity as well. Now, a couple of statistics that are out there. Um, one says that religious giving now is actually lower than it was during the Great Depression. Hear that? It was, it's actually lower now than it was during the Great Depression. Um, another publication called Slate of the Plate. That's kind of cool. Get it off from plate. But anyway, uh, Slate of the Plate, or State of the Plate, not Slate of the Plate. I don't know what the slate was. But anyway, State of the Plate, uh, it said that the average Christian only gives 2.4% of their income to the church. Now, if the tithe of what God commands us or calls us to do is 10%, and the average Christian is only given 2.4%, then I think we have some work to do. Now, if this is your first time here, I just want to go ahead and say, I do not talk about money uh, very often at church. In fact, this is kind of a once a year, maybe every now and then when the Scripture kind of lends itself to it, we'll throw it in there, but kind of once a year, and you're probably saying, oh, great, we've... We, we visited on this Sunday. I mean, you know, but anyway, I just want you to know, amen. No, do not, I, uh, next week will be Rediscover Christmas, all right? And we'll, we'll talk about tithing. No, just kidding, just kidding, won't. But anyway, and also, if it's your first time here or you're new here, do not feel pressure in any way to, to make these commitments. Now, if you're a member here, you call this your church, mm, but anyway, all right, but, uh, but, but, 
kind of, yeah. But, uh, but, but listen, listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Look, look at this is, our whole life should be generous. In other words, it should be generous by not judging, by not condemning. It says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Remember generosity and, and forgiveness. And he's saying you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given back to you. But I want you to hear how it will be given back to you. It will be given back to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Now the reason it's shaken together. So it all can get down there into the little holes. And running over. And will be put in your lap. I don't know about y'all. That sounds like a good blessing. Amen. Amen. And he says when we give, he's going to give back to us in a way that is a blessing like that blows our mind. Now I'm going to talk about that in a little while and what that means and everything. So I want us to look at what does it mean to live a life of selfless generosity? What does it mean to live a life of selfless generosity? I'm going to talk about what it's not as I talk about what it is and what it does mean. Number one is this. It is not about amounts, but it is about sacrifice. We see this from this first uh, couple of verses here. Look at what it says, verse, uh, Luke 21, verses one two, th- 1, 2, and 3. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw a certain one, poor woman, widow, putting in two mites. And so he said, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. Now, there is no doubt, and all scholars agree, there is no way that she put in a higher amount than the rich folks that were going by. In fact, they were probably putting in a tent, but they had abundance, and so they were just giving what they were, you know, expected to give, and they were putting it in. But this woman, she goes and puts in her last two mites, and Jesus says that is more than what the others gave. I want you to hear, it's not about amounts. That's why we don't have amounts on this card. That's why I do not know amounts of what anybody gives. I choose not to know that. I don't want to know that. And many reasons I don't want to know that. But, but that, that's between you and God. But let me tell you something. Uh, we, it, it's not a, about the amount, but it is about the sacrifice. It is about sacrificing. And that's what discipleship is about. It's about being. It's about giving sacrificially, and, and, and here's the thing. Uh, you know, I, I mean, listen. It's about giving up things, and I'm not talking about giving up feeding your children so you can tithe. I'm not talking about that. But maybe, maybe we don't have to have that fifth shirt whenever we're buying some shirts. You know what I mean? Maybe we don't have to have that new pair of shoes when we have a closet full of shoes, and I won't name any folks that love shoes. They're all sitting on the front row. But anyway, they are uh, uh, kind of right here. But anyway, the, um, but you know, it may mean we don't need a bigger, nicer car when the car we have rides right now if that's going to take away what we give to the church. It may mean we don't need the more, because you know how we are. We just want more. We want bigger. We, that's kind of how we, we've kind of come to live. And, and that's not what it's about. It's about living sacrificially so that we cannot be consumer Christians that just, hey, what can I get? What can I get? But we can say, what can I give? And what can I do? 
So it's not about amount, but it is about sacrifice. Number two is this. It's not about being asked, but it's about joyfully giving. Listen, this woman didn't go and they didn't have to ask her to give her two mites. No, she was selflessly generous with all that she had. She gave it. And some of the others, they were just going by and throwing, like I say, the amount was probably bigger, but they were just, I mean, obviously Jesus knew that there was something different about the spirit in which she was given than there was in the spirit in which they were given. She was freely given. Did you know that research shows that truly generous people, they don't wait to be asked. They see needs and they give. They, they see, what, what can I do? It's not about, I'm going to wait for them to come to me and tell me what they need and, and then I'll give and, or I might give if I agree with it and that kind of thing. No, no, no. Generous people are, are giving. They're, 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 they're looking for opportunities to give and to take part in the work of God in that way. And so it's not about being asked. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says it like this. So let each one give as they purpose in his heart, as he purposes in his heart. And so we have to make a choice. I mean, it's an, it's an intentional choice we have to make of what we're going to give. You know, whether or not, hey, I'm going to do 10% this year. Now, there's ways on this card. You can, maybe 10% is a way too big of a jump for you. And so maybe I just need to increase it by 1% or 2% of my income or 3 to 5% of my income. There's those opportunities on there. And then we also have an opportunity to commit to give over and above the 10%, over and above the tithe, and this is Dave Ramsey right here, to do cool stuff in Jesus' name. And so maybe God's already stirring your heart to just do some cool stuff. And I, hey, I, it's year in. My business has done well this year. God's provided. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. I'm going to be generous. Maybe that's you. And so, but, but, but it's about, listen, it says, so that we not grudgingly, we don't give grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Do you know that same word cheerful in the Greek means hilarious? In other words, we should be laughing when we give. Hallelujah. It shouldn't give. I, I love what Rick Warren used to say. He said, don't give until it hurts. Give until it feels good. And, and, you know, that's what, hey, I, I'm going to tell you something. There, studies have actually shown that giving produces the feel-good chemical dopamine uh, whenever, and, it, and it sends it to the brain. So I, I don't know about, I want, I want people coming out here just laughing and joyful because of what we were able to give today for the glory of the Lord. Number three is this. It's not about making the church run, but it is about supporting God's work. We don't give to operate the church. Now, yes, it operates the church. Yes, it pays for the light bills, and it pays for equipment, and it pays for things. It pays salaries and that kind of thing. But it's also paying for the work of God in this city. It's paying for ministries. It's paying, it's paying for... It's given towards children's ministry where these children are being nurtured in the faith from, from, the, from the womb to the tomb. I mean, amen. And, and, and where, where we're, we're doing that from the cradle to the grave. It's, uh, this children's choir that you saw this morning is made possible because of your generosity. Our youth ministry, Ignite, all of those things. Not only that, but missional opportunities such as Guyana Mission Trip, uh, the Appalachian Service Project, the JARS ministry that, that translates Bibles and sends them out, providing food for pastors and families in
we were able to, look, during the pandemic, I mean, you know, it hit us hard, but it hit Africa hard, and there were pastors and their families because their church people were starving. Guess what? There was nothing able to be given to the church. So we took part, and I believe that we were able to help, if I remember correctly, about 50 pastors, Methodist pastors in Africa and their families to just be fed just basic food during the time that they were in need. And it's because of your generosity. It, it, it helps with the help hub downtown that we're able to help folks whenever they're down and out and going through a hard time. It, it helps us partner. Uh, it helps us have ministries like Common Thread Pillowcases. And that's the, the, the beautiful pillowcases that we have with the bright butterflies on it that we give to hospice patients and terminally, terminally ill patients and, and, and bring some hope and brightness during a tough time of someone. And for somebody that my own dad got to have, we had one on his bed for him, and, now, and we gave one, they gave one to my mom. And so, I mean, it is an incredible ministry. So many more that we have. Listen, during this pandemic, we've been able to engage with people online. We've been able to do things through Zoom and other ways and engage with folks. And then we went on TV and are still on WECT at 6.30 on Sunday mornings. And, uh, and we're seeing God do mighty things through there. We get cards from people and talking about what it's meant to them during this pandemic. We, we've had new members come to us because they saw us on TV because we're right before Charles Stanley and they turned it on to ch see Charles Stanley and saw somebody with even more of a southern accent than him. But anyway, the, uh, but, but, the, but the thing about it is, is that God has been doing His work through our generosity. And lastly is this. It's not about how much we have but it is about how much we trust. I want you to hear that. It's not about how much we have, but it's about how much we trust. Luke 21 verse 4 says, For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty put in all her livelihood that she had. Why was she able to do that? Because I honestly believe she trusted that God would take care of her. And I believe He did. I believe he did, and, and especially during those times, and we should be doing this now when it talks about taking care of orphans and, and widows, and, and, and I believe God, she knew that God would take care of her, and she was able to give to the work of God during that time. Listen, I, I, I love it when God blows my mind when I've trusted him and tithe, even when it was hard to do. And, and, and Malachi actually tells us this is the one place that you get to test God. This is the one place that God says, come on, I double-dog dare you to try it. And, and look, look at Malachi verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. Y'all hear that? God says, this is the one place you can test me, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much of a blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. And what God's saying is, I, I'm going to blow your mind how I'm going to provide for you. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to have a Rolls Royce to drive next week. That doesn't mean that he's going to do this extravagant stuff that sometimes you hear some preachers talk about. No, but I believe that it means he's going to provide and take care of us if we are faithful in giving to him. I've seen it in my own life. 
Time after time, I've seen it in my own life whenever we did that. And I remember one time, real early in mine and Tina's marriage and ministry, and, and, and I was at Duke Divinity School, so I was a student pastor, and that's like just a part-time salary. Tina was in nursing school, and so she was working some on the weekends, waitressing, and, and I mean, we were doing things to make ends meet, and a lot of you have been there and done that. And, and all, but I remember us tied, and it was right around Christmas time. We tied, and, and, and it probably wasn't the easiest time to tithe. In fact, we looked at the bills afterwards, and it was getting kind of close and getting kind of close. And I won't ever forget going to the mailbox after we had uh, gave that tithe, and it was like the next week, and going to the mailbox, opening it up, and it was a card from the Reverend Ecky Lancaster. He was at that time the district superintendent up in Elizabeth City. So you know them district superintendents probably do all right. But anyway, the... Um, and, and they work hard, too, so I'm not saying that's, that's not worth it. But anyway, but anyway, he and Shirley Lancaster sent us a check for $100 and said, Merry Christmas. Didn't wait. We hadn't asked. They didn't know our situation. But they were, I, I, I know it was God. I know it was God providing. And he will do that for us every time. In fact, you know how much we believe that he will do that? If, if you put down that you're going to tithe, We'll keep up with that. No amounts. We don't want to know amount. But if you put down that you're going to tithe, and you tithe 10% of your income, net or gross, that's up to you. I'll leave that between you and God. I'll, I'll let y'all, I, I think either way, he's, it's honoring God. But anyway, you, you give 10% of your income for the first three months of 2022, and at the end of that, if tithing has put you into financial hardship, we will give back your tithe. In fact, we're calling it a 90-day tithe-back guarantee. <laughs> and I, and, I, pro, and, and I, I have mentioned it to our business manager, but I, not all of our finance team, so I may be in trouble after this. But anyway, but, but honestly, if, if, you, if you put down that you're going to tithe and you do that for the first three months of 2022 and it puts you in financial hardship, we'll give your tithe back for those three months. But this is how much we believe that God will provide. It is a trust. It is trust. And I've seen it time after time. And we believe that he will do it. You know, like I say, there may be some folks that say, hey, look, I can't jump to the 10, but I can jump several percentages and head there. So this morning, will joyful, selfless generosity be our side effect of following Jesus? You know, as you pray over these and as you begin to fill them out and all, and in just a minute, the band's going to come and you're going to have the opportunity to just fold it up and come and place it in the uh, basket up here. You can actually put your offering in the basket too if you want to go ahead and do that. Of course, you can put these or the offering on your way out in those white boxes. But as you think about that, I want you to think about there was a church in India back in 1911. And, and this church went by, it, it made popular this phrase, and i, I got to look at it again. Uh, the phrase is Bufai Tham. And what it means is a handful of rice. And in 1911, the church in India, uh, people started taking just a handful of rice. What they would do, they would take a handful of rice out of whatever uh, meal they were making for their family, and they would set that handful of rice aside, and 
and they would bring it to the church and they would sell it. And, and that year, they were able to sell enough rice that they got $1.50 in U.S. dollars. Now, that was 1911, so that was probably pretty good. Now, they still do that. Not only do they give rice, they give all kinds of other things that are sold by the church and they raise up. They raise about $1.5 million a year now to support 1,800 missionaries that are working all over India and in surrounding areas. So this morning, as you think about what God's leading you to commit to, as you think about how He's leading you to, uh, whether He's leading you to, you know, do the 10% to do the over and above. Maybe he's leading you to give that today. Uh, you can do that online. You can do that here. Uh, maybe he's leading you to just inch it up by a couple of percentages. I believe God will honor every step of faith. I really do. Whatever it may be. But I just want to ask you, what is your handful of rice going to be this morning? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We pray right now, God in advance over commitments that are being made in our hearts. Lord, help us purpose in our heart what we are going to give, what we are going to do. And Lord, we know that you have given us the promise that you will take care of us. Lord, it's for your work. It's not for a person. It's not for business or anything like that. It is your work that we are given to. Now make us generous. Don't make us wait to be asked. Lord, let us just be ready and willing to give to your work. In Jesus' name, amen.